When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, it's Q&A. We answer your questions, and there are some good ones. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, July 13th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And the Beats and Bites Festival is rolling, people. Scotty McCreary up next on July 30th. It's a $5 general admission, and kids under 12 get in free. There will be a ton of food trucks, all kinds of things for the kiddos to do, including face painting and an inflatable obstacle course. To buy tickets, visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, we are recording this in advance because I'm going to Arlington for Big 12 Media Days, and I really just don't want to have to deal with recording this and using the hotel internet. I... I just Plus, imagine- we can't do it before like all of the stuff happens, right? Because it's going to be dropping at about the same time. I, and so our Sunday episode, we'll do a big recap of everything we're hearing from Big 12 Media Days. But I just imagine me relying on hotel internet and then like me throwing my computer through a window. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to avoid that situation. And we're just going to do a Q&A episode. You and I, we have a ton of fun doing these Q&A episodes. So I was like, let's just do one of those, and then we'll have a big Sunday recap of everything we hear at Big 12 Media Days on Wednesday and Thursday. Perfect plan. Love it. Now, before we dive into the questions we've gotten from the listeners, and there's some good ones, man, some really, some ones that are going to really make us do some thinking. You made it Twitter official. OU will win a national championship under Brent Venables within three years. Have a nice day. That is on Twitter from one at Ted Lehman. 
11. Now that now that you've made it Twitter official, how are we feeling, man? I feel great. I feel great. Nothing's changed. I just I need to put uh, Coach Venables and everyone up there on notice. Like I've I've made this claim, so back me up here. No, I feel good about it, man. I love it. I think I think everything is after about two months of Venables being on campus and and hearing the plans and and you know seeing how they were dealing with the players and how the players were responding and showing up to a couple of spring practices and, and seeing the tempo. I feel, I feel great about it. I do. I, I think, I think we are headed in a fantastic direction. It's not going to be easy. You know, anytime you win a championship, there's a lot of factors that, that have to go your way. Unfortunately, luck is one of them. You know, health is, is something critical that you usually have to stay really, really healthy, dodge bullets in order to go win a championship. So, you know, some of that stuff isn't necessarily under their control, but I love the direction they're heading in, man. Uh, I love that you put it out there. You're, you are, you are not one uh, that is afraid of looking dumb or looking like you're either going to look really smart or eh, kind of dumb. It It's not that bad either way. Here's the thing for me. It's a win-win. I could look incredibly smart. And you're right. I could look incredibly dumb. But I look dumb every day. So that's not a problem for me. I've got no problem with that. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could ask your wife and she would confirm. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I left the gate open in our backyard last night, which, by the way, our dogs went insane at about 10 30 11 o'clock their their last trip outside before um before they go to sleep go and say there's a possum in my backyard i had to go extract it and whenever i did that i left the gate open so the dogs got out this morning so well, hold I'm on dumb. hold on extract it yeah what do you mean extract it get it out are we, are you going to talk about your method or did you do something illegal that we should not talk about on here? I didn't do anything illegal. Okay. I, I have a very hard time killing random things. Uh, maybe it's a weakness of mine. I don't know, but I don't like killing stuff. And right now it's really doing some serious harm because I've got armadillos in my yard. I've got possums everywhere. Uh, I may have to change that line of thinking. So it was, we have, we have like a black iron fence around our backyard and it's got like, you know, six inch slots in it. And then, cause, because we have dogs, which, you know, are, are just great. Everyone loves, loves dogs. Our small dog can get between those. So we had to put up like this wire mesh around the bottom of it is black wire mesh. So the possum in its, you know, panic to try and get away from the dog squeezed between those little six inch spaces and that mesh and was like trapped in there so i had to go get a trash can and a stick and <laughs> set up a trap poke him with the stick for the back end get him to run into the trash can lift the trash can up and then 
yes, I'm a softy. I went and let him go. But I forgot Did, to shut the gate. Where'd you let him go? I have questions, man. Now, first of all, impressive. That that's good extraction technique from what I uh from what I'm gathering here. But where do you just let him go in the front yard or like where where'd you let him go? I've got like in at the back of my house, like the back of my property, there's like a I don't know, like a wooded area that I just went and put him over there, which I'll probably have to extract him again tonight and tomorrow night. Um, I may just have to, uh, well, I guess if I let my dogs kill it that way, I'm, I don't have to worry about the guilt of, of taking an animal's life. Right. Yeah. Or is that no. the same thing? No, I, no, no. <laughs> if I let my dog kill hands. it, that's still me kind of anyways, no. whatever. I did. I did not expect to start with this, but here we are. Here All we right, are. Let, let's get to the first question. This one comes from Frank Medina who says, Hey, guys, thanks for what y'all do. No, thank you, Frank. Thanks for listening, man. He says, Virginia Tech has Inner Sandman as their entrance song. South Carolina has Sandstorm. Since Oklahoma Gaylord Memorial Stadium is getting new LED lighting system, do you think we could have an entrance song? I'm thinking of Disturbed Down With The Sickness at the 32-second mark the team runs out. The way I picture it is to have the LED lights flash around the stadium in crimson and cream. When the team runs out, the lights turn all crimson. The other option is Metallica, for whom the bell tolls. When BV was introduced, they had it playing. Just a thought. Ted, I had never thought about this. I, I really hadn't. It's And I will say, Inner Sandman at Virginia Tech, Every time they show it on a broadcast, it looks, it looks awesome. It's this probably the main reason I want to go to a game at Blacksburg in Blacksburg at some point. But yeah, I hadn't even thought of this. I guess OU really doesn't have because the bells ring, you play the scene setter, and then the team runs out to Boomer sooner, right? I think isn't that how it works? I think so. They definitely don't come out to like. Um... A, a sound system song. No. Now, this sounds like a, first of all, Frank, this is a great idea. I completely support it. Now we got to decide gotta what song. It. You've got to do it. Um, it's, it's kind of the thing to do. And it's weird that we haven't come up with anything. It's always going to be hard to settle on a song, you know, because everyone has their taste in music. But the, my favorite thing that I wish they still did and maybe it'd be hard now just because of kind of the setup of the locker room and everything. I think they did it when you played when they had the camera in front and he just walked backwards and they walked to the, was it the contender? Is that what that, that song was like the theme of the, the old TV show, the contender. I'm trying to remember the song, but yeah. So it definitely when I was at, cause the tunnel was narrow, right? Right. And you had to yep. walk through the long, narrow tunnel. Through the and, hallway, out of the hallway, and then down through the tunnel. Yeah, you that understand. Was awesome. I it, loved that. It was in my last two years, I didn't get to do it because I was a captain and you had to go I out know. first. But that's still cool. That's, that's the cool. best. It's, it's the, best. the best. You feel yeah. when when you walk out and the crowd sees like the four captains, it's a it's a tremendous feeling. Yep. Won't lie. Yep. Yep. But okay, so personally for me, like are those bells, hells? It's from the start of Hell's Bells for ACDC, right? When 
like it those bells ring and it sets and then it cuts into the scene setter? I don't know. I think it's just an isolated. It may be that specific one. I don't know, but it's just they've isolated some bell tone from something. I don't know if it's from a song or if it's just like a, you know, just a, a you know, a, an audio clip that they grabbed from a, you know, like a big soundboard. I don't know what it is, but it's it's similar for sure. So you would think if you're looking at a way to make it work, because I do think a lot of people love the scene setter and it's, it's awesome, but there would have to be a way to go from the bells ringing to the scene setter to something that builds pretty quickly. And then there's like a big drop, right? Yep. And that's when the lights would do whatever, uh, whatever our man Frank wants them to do. Go, go all crimson. I, I love this idea. I just don't, what, what song? I don't know. I, that's that's the hard thing. Like I said, you can't really. They just have to pick something to do it because if you pick one song, like a group's gonna love it, a group's gonna hate it. You're never gonna get everyone to to really. I I guess whenever you first pick it, there'll be resistance. But over time, whenever it becomes your thing, then I think everyone as a group could latch onto it. Like. That's a, I like that idea, but I also like, I, I think whenever there's a, like a timeout and the defense is on the field and there's like time for the defense to be on the field or the offense to be on the field. And you've got like, you've got time for something to build right there. Like, I think there should always be a song like some type of theme every time a specific unit takes the field, you know, like anytime the defense takes the field, they hear their song and they're out there and everyone knows what time it is. Third down, same thing. Like any of those big moments, there's got to be a, like almost like it's like a call to action that everyone knows what's about to happen. I, I like that, but you're getting away from Frank's entrance song. I we know. Gotta, I know. We, we got to pick one you or you get, we got to throw out a couple. So hell's bells for ACDC. If that is the, the tone, like if that's the, the bell that they're using, just for that. carry it right into the song. Yeah. There's that quick buildup. Now it takes a while to get to the chorus, which is like the big, which is where that song really punches. You know what I mean? So I'm sure you could do it. Bells in the scene setter and then edit it to like a 10 second or so build up it lets the crowd kind of get real antsy that it's about to drop and then you drop it and they run out or something like that i i don't know i'm not a creative well, director or anything do like you know that, the but... song for whom the bell tolls by metallica i do so it kind of does that it just has a bell at the beginning that's by itself and then the guitars kick in pretty pretty good pretty quickly and you can always edit it to where it gets to that point quicker. Like you don't have to draw out the entire entrance. You can pick up at one point before you get to like the main riff or whatever. That would be good. I think either one of those would be good just to build off of that bell theme. Or now we're also not thinking of the copyright implications of all of this or how much you would have to pay to use that. I, I, I can't imagine it's very much. Like, for instance, Virginia Tech has the inner Sandman deal. And 
like Metallica has to like anytime someone uses something like that and you've got a captive audience of 75,000 people that know that song and are listening to that song. That's, that's gotta be something that I don't imagine you would force someone to pay a bunch for, but yeah, <laughs> I could be wrong. You, it could be a lot, but Hey, Oh, you about to have that sec money, baby. So who, who cares? That's you right. Know? That's right. But I, I also, I mean, you think of some of the great local artists from the state of Oklahoma, I don't know, maybe someone could just write something for it. I I don't know. Like you an know, original. I, huh. That's an a original, good idea. Like a Toby Keith original, but could you you want it to be I don't know, for some reason it feels like it has to be rock, right? Like it's country, no offense to country. Now there's some country songs that get me going. Don't get me wrong now. But there's a certain like there's a certain mood that just you're right some loud drums a loud guitar you know a thumping bass get yeah. i mean just get you going right so maybe maybe our boys from kings of leon could write something for it like maybe real kings of like leon. hard rock or something there's some is there any rap entrances the one of my favorite Rap drops is till I collapse in Eminem. Yeah. But I mean, he's from Detroit. Yeah. I, I not don't, much of a tie there. Not much of a tie, you know? When I was in the NFL, I don't think they, they used it as their entrance, but it was part of like the build of their pregame was the first time the Baltimore Ravens, we played, it was the first time I'd heard uh, Phil Collins song used in that, that way. And that was awesome. Yeah. But you don't want to steal someone's stuff. I'm just saying that I don't know how you classify that song. Uh, there's plenty of options out there. This may be a this may be we need feedback. Yeah. De- definitely send us your feedback. What what entrance song? Because I I will say I love this idea. Frank, you're a genius. Oklahoma should definitely do this, right? Especially with the new lighting system. Can you match for a night game? Ooh. I know. Hey, Get, we got to have this in place by 2025 when we go to the SEC and we finally have night games, right, to where we can use the LED. <laughs> All right. Until then, it could be a work in progress. <laughs> but I, I'm i kind of with you. Just pick a song and roll with it and edit it to where and you can always tweak it a little bit and get feedback from the fans. But uh, Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill is one that is – it's going to be popular. Like the drop of that song is going to be popular for, for forever. But I just don't know going from the bells to the scene setter to that. I just don't know how you would piece all of that together, but. Well, let me ask you this. What are we like? What is, what is something that we are, um, that we all rally around? Like, Obviously, you've got like your boomer sooner, Dylan. I'm not. I'm not really talking about that. But you've got like your OU DNA. You've got some of those things. Like if you could find a song that somehow ties into that, I think you'd have something really good. Like if you can, you get way more people on board if you can tie it into some type of, you know, some type of like phrasing or something that everyone would get. Like, oh, I see what they're doing there then the song becomes a little less important, like your taste of it. And 
you'd kind of get behind that idea and that theme. Yeah. We just need a Kings of Leon original. May have to do it. Just, I'm sure that's cheap. <laughs> right. Right. I, but I, I love the idea and, and who knows, maybe this is something OU's already been planning and they're, and people are going to hear this and be like, Oh yeah, we've been, yeah, that's, that's in the works. I, I have no idea, but I do love the idea. There's no doubt about it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Okay. Here's, here's our next question. It comes from Kurt Hova on a five-star Apple podcast review. Thank you. Nice. Kurt. He says, I know this is an NFL rule, but do you think the three year removed from high school before you are draft eligible ultimately boosts NIL deals? There's absolutely no reason Will Anderson needs to be in college this year. Just curious on your thoughts. Mm. I, so do I, do we think it ultimately boosts NIL deals? I absolutely. I, I think that you've got, there uh, undoubtedly, and, and I've talked about this on here before, Will Anderson should have been able to go in the draft. He would have been the number one pick in the NFL draft. If you're going to be the number one pick, I think you should be able to go. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if you need to be able to submit something to some advisory board. Right. You don't want to change the rule for something that applies to maybe five guys, five guys over the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's very few guys that are in, at that type of level where it's almost like they should, their decision is, do they even play that final year because of risk because of that high, that high draft position. But, you know, I think the NIL thing does kind of bridge that gap and here's the deal. And I know there's probably only a small percentage of people that care about this, but I, I think that staying and playing in college, obviously, unless you have suffer some type of career ending injury, which those are as good as like surgeries and things have become like, yes, you may lose some money. Yes. You may lose some years off your career, but there's rarely career ending injuries out there, but I don't want to say that they don't happen. They do, but I think but 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I don't rarely is anyone going to be mad that they played that extra year of college football. You might be mad that you didn't, right? Uh, your team went and won a, a conference championship or a national championship, and you weren't a part of it because you wanted to opt out because of your, your draft position and, and all of that stuff. I just, I love college football. I loved playing college football. That is the greatest experience of my life. And I don't, it's just kind of frustrating to me that there's, there's such a massive rush to get to the NFL. I understand it, but I, at least in, in, I'm just speaking for me maybe, but I can't imagine. It's like the same thing in high school. Some, some guys that hold out of high school or something, or the conversation about that, it's like, those are the things that you're actually living for. Like, you're not going to take money with you. You need you, experiences, living these, these 
opportunities that very few people get the chance of like, that's the stuff that's actually special in life. Yeah. And I think the reality is, you know, there's a lot of people that are motivated by, you know, the love of the game and things like that. But it feels, whether it's high school athletes, college athletes, now it feels now more than ever that money is the main motivating factor, which I understand because, you know, I money can't buy you happiness, but it, it certainly can prevent you having a lot of problems that you may have without it. So I, I understand that. And a lot of these guys making these business decisions, a lot of them don't come from much, right? And so to, to have that type of money in their life for the first time is, I mean, I mean it's, it's life-altering for them. So as, as far as the NIL deals and how it works with the kind of the NFL rule of having to be out for three years, I, I think we're seeing that already, right? The, the Jordan Addison situation is a perfect example. Right, the fact that he he probably would have been a first rounder, right, as a wide receiver. The fact that he wasn't able to go to the NFL and entered the portal and kind of entered into free agency and put himself up for bidding. I think we're gonna see more and more and more of that. These guys that are in their second year that have massive seasons, right? All American type seasons a conference player of the year type seasons. I, I don't see why more of those guys after a season like that, if it's their second year and they got to play a third, why more of those guys won't hop into the portal and open themselves up to, to the market to see what they can get. Um, I, I know that transfer portal windows are, are coming, but yeah, ultimately <laughs> I think it's smart business. I, I know I wouldn't have done it. I know you wouldn't have done it, but it is, it's just where we're at in college football. And I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to judge a guy for, for getting as much money as he can while he's in co college, because that is, I know for me personally, and the same, I think the same could be said for you, Ted, like our marketability in college was the highest it ever was going to be, right? When, when you talk about just making money for being you, not necessarily just making money for, you know, playing football, like you do in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that whole thing. Like, I don't love it, but I understand it. I'm usually pro player most of this stuff. So it is, I mean, it is, it is an interesting topic. There's no doubt. I wouldn't mind just quickly. I wouldn't mind if there was some type of committee that on special cases could override that. Um, I think there's, that's, that's one option. I think another option is if you haven't played your three years or if you're aren't three years removed, then the NFL can draft you at their own risk, if it's not high enough, you can come back. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like that. And the other thing is uh, the one of the good things that comes from the NIL, and maybe it's the only good thing that comes from the NIL, but 
what I hate seeing year after year after year after year is guys that declare for the draft and don't get drafted. All right. And, and those are usually guys that they're probably getting some bad information. They probably have maybe a, a higher opinion of themselves than what's realistic. But usually there's, there's a, like a pressing financial reason as to why they're trying to go start making money right now. I think like a lot of these NIL deals that we've seen that are not tailored to an individual that are tailored to an entire roster, hopefully eliminates some or a lot of those cases where guys leave early, don't graduate, don't get drafted, never make a roster. And now where are you? Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I, as a former undrafted guy, I just, I don't feel bad for him, man. I just don't, I don't, I, <laughs> right. I, I know. I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but I, it, it took me a while. I was very bitter about the undrafted thing for a long time. And at one point I kind of realized like should have played better, man. That's it. If you would have played better, you would have gotten drafted. That's, that's where I've landed on all that. Yeah. I don't, I would say, Oh, he got bad information from an agent. Oh, there's, you know, bad people in his corner. Listen, if he would have played better, would have gotten drafted just like it was for me. I, I've become rather cynical when it comes to that subject. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. All right. We got more questions, but first the only place to stop when you're road tripping is loves travel stops. Loves has over 600 locations in 41 States offering 24 hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are loves has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, Stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. 
Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. Okay, I love this next question. It comes from John White. He says, Texas Tech announced a $200 million plan to upgrade facilities, which has me wondering what will be the best strategy moving forward for any football program? Great facilities and average NIL or average facilities and great NIL. From a coaching perspective, would it make more sense to hire a Lance Leopold type of coach at $2.7 million a year versus a BV type of coach at $7 million per year and use the extra $4.25 million on NIL? He adds, for the record, I love me some BV, so only a hypothetical. This is interesting. Now, I, I do think it's important to acknowledge that as, as of right now, and things may change in the relatively near future, the, the universities, or at least OU, can't directly be involved in NIL. Now, I think Oklahoma State law needs to change as soon as possible. I think the, the university should be able to help facilitate NIL, NIL deals for players. That is happening in other states. That is happening in especially states in the SEC. So we'll see what ends up happen with, happening with that as far as facilities and average NIL or average facilities and great NIL. I think you got to have both. Right? If, if you want to compete at the top of college football, you got to have great facilities. You got to pay your coach a ton. And you got to have a lot of people that are willing to invest in the name image and likeness opportunities of the players. Like you got to have it all. I, that's just the reality. Like if you want to be a national championship type contending team, it's going to take all of it, Ted, or am I, I, I don't that's know exactly what I was going to say. I, I was going to say, it depends on who you want to be. If, if yeah. you want to legitimately compete for a national championship, you're going to have to pay premium for a top coach. You're going to have to have the best or in the top tier of best facilities in college football. And you're going to have to have at least a, uh, you know, fairly close to top tier or, or close in some available opportunities in a NIL at least under the current rule structure, depending on how long that lasts or, or how that moves, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of a, because college football is different than professional football. So I think that there is, I think there's some dangers in building your program around your NIL opportunities. I think we're going to see some of that unfold, whether it's out at USC, whether it's a uh, and Texas. I think you're going to see some of that where you got different pay structures, uh, different guys want to be held to a different standard. So I think that could be a problem in a college locker room, college environment. We'll see. 
but you know, you've got to be, you got to be super competitive in all of those things. If you want to be a top program, if you want to be a program that, you know, wants to make a run every now and then, whenever the stars align, then I would probably say I would invest in the facilities because let's take, let's take Leipold, for example, that they brought up or, you know, Texas Tech announcing the $200 million facility upgrades. Uh, this this works perfectly. So they put $200 million into facility upgrades. They've got McGuire. Well, if McGuire wins seven games this year, nine games next year, they've got their facilities in, recruiting's going well, Oklahoma and Texas are out of the Big 12, they compete for a conference championship, maybe they win the Big 12 year three. Well, guess what? You no longer get to have Joey McGuire at $2.75 million a year, right? He's now a hot commodity in college football. And if you want to keep him, you're either going to have to hit the reset button with someone else, or you're going to have to stroke that check. So that, that structure only works until the coach is successful. And you either have to pay or go a different route. I when when you it, the pay the coach a ton versus pay him a little bit and try to for how, however you want to do it get get the players more money that is an interesting that, that leads me down kind of an interesting path you know like with my thought process because if if you get really good players, that can make an average coach really good. I mean, if you're getting really, really good players, the problem is Alabama you're at, and your average coach, you're going to have to so outbid the other programs that it's probably not going to make sense. I, here, here's the thing, though. Think about it this way. Who's the star of the Green Bay Packers? Aaron Rodgers. Who's the star of the Tampa Bay Bucks? Brady. Okay. Who's the star of the Alabama Crimson Tide? Saban. Who's the star of Clemson? Dabo. That's what I'm saying. Like those but, guys. But is that but is that gonna change? Right no. now that because the window's so short. I feel you on that. I, I do, but it does feel like the players have more influence. Like they have more influence than they've ever had in college with, with you, how it's, you got to remember though, college football fans are, they're not fans of the players. They're fans of the school and they're always going to be fans of the school. The players have such a short window especially with transfer portal and all of that stuff going on. I, I don't know. It seems like a, it it may work, but it seems like a, it seems like a weird way to go about it. Yeah. I, maybe this is a best example, like college football. So Caleb Williams, for example, right. Goes from OU to USC. I don't think, all of a sudden there's 
a bunch of fans that were OU fans because of Caleb Williams that are now USC fans because of him. Like, it's not like LeBron. Right. Or Kevin Durant, right? Or it, when it happens in the NFL. Like, there was a bunch of Brady fans that are now Bucks fans. I just, I just don't ever foresee that happening in college football. But I do think that for a, you know, for a program like Texas Tech, I do think if they were to develop a really efficient NIL system and that allowed them to get, you know, some of the better players in Texas to stay home and go to Tech, I think they'd be a better program because I'm getting to the point, man, with the facilities thing. I mean, how much better could they get, bro? Can't. Can't get any better. I mean, you look at, I walk around OU, and I'm like, this is incredible. I think about what the facilities like were when I walked into the Tennessee Titans locker room for the first time. And I was just like, damn, (laughs) OU was way better than this. Well, I mean, that's really what we're talking about is this is the, this is the NFL model, right? Players make a ton of money. Some of the coaches make, make good money, but it's not what the players make. And I, I just, I don't, I don't I, think that model is going to work in college. I just, because, because you, you're, you don't get to draft, right? You, you don't get to draft. It's basically starts off as free agency. And there's schools that are trying it right now. Like Nebraska is trying like hell with their NIL stuff to get these top recruits to come in. And all it's really doing is, you know, getting everyone else to at least get close to it or get in the neighborhood. So I don't know. It's I think, you know, maybe the formula moving forward, the best formula is a dynamic, very personable coach, right? Because ultimately, this is still a relationships business. Mm-hmm. As, as transactional as it's starting to feel with all the NIL stuff, kids, kids want to go play for someone they feel comfortable with, right? Someone they've had really positive experiences with, you know, talking on the phone, their visits in person, like, there's still the human element to this entire thing, to this entire process. I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. But I do think there's a point where you can have facilities that are good enough. They may not be the best in the country, but they're good enough. And you could almost spin it. And this is what I would say if I was one of the schools. I'd say, hey, we have the exact same amenities as the Dallas Cowboys or dumbbells weigh the exact same as Alabama's. Exactly. You know, we've got the same hot tub and cold tub as the green Bay Packers. Like how have... many guys do you really want to be in the hot tub with at the same time? How big <laughs> does the hot tub really need to be? Does the hot tub really need the 12 foot waterfall? You know, <laughs> like that's, and that's where I've kind of, I've reached this point for the facilities. Like, dude, how much shit do these kids need? Right. Like, and that well, is it's where, just be, and it's really that's the, how the I way would that frame the, it. No, you're right. You're right. And the interesting thing is, like in the NFL, 
you're willing to pay a ton of money for players to win games. Why? To make money. Like, to put butts in the seats. Like, to make money. The current structure of college football, if you're paying a kid a ton of money in NIL, like, there's zero return on investment. You're asking people to is monetarily now you know this is people's pastime it's their their passion you know they they uh, love college football i was about but, to say a, a lot of my emotional well-being is tied to whether or not OU wins football right games. right and and i get that but it gets harder and harder and harder to go to people to to build up these big nil opportunities for players especially if it doesn't turn into wins quickly. And there's going to be a bunch of people where it's not going to turn into wins quickly. Right. And I can imagine a guy that gave 5 million to an NIL fund saying, uh, that was horrible. I'm not doing that again. Not saying any names, Texas A&M. I, I totally know where you're coming from, but just thinking about the question, great question. John White, great question. But I ultimately it it comes back to what is what's the goal? Because the truth is, if you wanna if you want to win a national title, it's gonna take everything. Everything. It's gonna like go go to Georgia and look at the facilities. Go to Georgia and look at Kirby Smart's paycheck. <laughs> and then Look at what they've got going in IO-wise. Same thing at Bama. And those are those are what you are competing against if you're the rest of the teams in the country. So I and I understand that not every school has has the same resources as those schools, right? And especially that's why such that's why when we talk about you know the revenue distribution every year from the conference, from the TV deals, that's why it is such an important talking point. That's why it matters, because everything matters that's getting poured back into the program. But if if I was a school and I knew that maybe I couldn't compete getting the top coach, I'd find a young, dynamic guy that can really recruit. Now, he may not be there for that long if he's that good at recruiting, right? But then I'd make sure my facilities were good enough and I'd try to find a way to entice these kids with money because if there's anything I've learned in life, money talks, man. It does. So I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what programs that would apply to because you know, these, these big-time programs, they're, they're going to do all of this, right? They're, yeah. they're, I mean, they're going to do everything. That applies to, like, Duke. Yeah. <laughs> You need somewhere that's got uh, a very, very wealthy alumni base. Because all of the Baylor. other big schools, Baylor, yeah, you know, all of the other big schools, they're going to be doing all of it. And, hey, it's like Formula One, right? You got to have – would you rather have a great driver in a crappy car or a crappy car – uh, or a great car and a crappy driver. You got to have both to win. I mean, that's just how it's how it's going to come down to it. Look at you, man. You're all in, aren't you? 
I'm all in. I'm going to try and tie everything back to Formula One. Have Have you decided who your guy is yet? Are you officially a Lewis Hamilton guy? I don't know. I told you it was a really weird dynamic. It just I, happened to be a great race to watch. And they were I will like say second, third. Just from what I know about you and what I know about him, that is not the guy <laughs> I expected you to pick, which makes it even better, man. I know. I didn't expect it either. I don't know. You just, you never know. You go where you're, you follow your heart. I love it, dude. Sports. That's sports. what makes sports great. Great question, John White. All right, we got we got more questions. But first, it's time to get back out on the golf course, people. And there's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf, Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. Tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. To find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? Use the Ranallo Cloud Group. Stacia Ranallo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication an honest relationship, and luxury service. And that's exactly what they gave Gabe. They sold a house for Gabe. They found a house for Gabe's brother. And they found a house for Lane Johnson. I can't recommend them enough. You can reach them by calling or texting Stacia at 918-671-6450. Or you can contact them on Instagram at at soldbystacia and at soldbymaddie underscore. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember, in 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owner's... They're from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconesdistilling.com. 
All right, this next question comes from Marsh JD10, who says, absolutely love the podcast. Helps my nine to five job fly by. What are y'all's thoughts on once OU moves to the SEC with Oklahoma State saying they're done with playing OU and LSU losing its AM Thanksgiving game to Texas? Would it make sense for OU and LSU to play each other on Thanksgiving yearly? Am I just trying to speak it into existence because an OU because I'm an OU fan living in Louisiana? Once again, love the show. Boomer. So the first thing I will say, has there have I, did I miss it? Have has Texas and Texas AM come out and said that that game is going to be renewed on Thanksgiving once Texas moves to the SEC? Or it, it or is our man Marsh JD10 just assuming that? I think he's I think he's assuming that, like, if this plays out, like he lay, like, like maybe it would kind of make sense that it would because of those rivalries. And could this be an option? Okay, I, I'm not so sure because it's not exactly like Texas and Texas A&M have done a great job of uh, working together ever since A&M left for the SEC, but it could be one of those situations where the SEC says, uh, no, 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 y'all are playing that game on Thanksgiving. Like, or I mean, that it's weekend, a, like- it would be a, it's a huge ratings game, oh right? Oh my gosh. So Massive. it's kind of it. It's like, sorry guys. I know neither one of you wants to lose it, but you're going to have to play. So normally, and you know, it isn't this year, which again, that's always interesting, but, Normally, Bedlam is that Saturday after Thanksgiving. And I've always really liked that from a traveling perspective, right? The, the years where we spent, where we had to go to Morgantown for Thanksgiving, uh, not a huge fan of that. Not going to no. lie. Brutal. Not a huge fan. But if Oklahoma State doesn't want to play Bedlam anymore, and th- it really feels like that is a – that's going to be Oklahoma State's decision because I think Joe Castiglione, the leadership at OU, they've made it very well known that they still want Bedlam to be played. So I get the sense that Oklahoma State is going to want to take a break <laughs> from getting their ass whooped in Bedlam. Now I say that, they obviously beat OU last year, but how are we feeling about OU LSU? How are we feeling about Baton Rouge? The Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think if that was a yearly game, I'd love it. I, that would be awesome. Give me give me all of the best locked in, play it every single year opponents there are. But this OU fan is heavily biased and lives in Louisiana. Most OU fans hate LSU, don't ever want to go down there. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'll change once you're in the conference with them, but I don't, like, I would love it. I'm fine with that. I don't know how the fan base would react to that being the new. Arkansas kind of makes a little bit more sense. Now, we're getting a we're getting a view of Arkansas here over the last year or two that 
really hasn't been the case for a long time. They've been pretty non-competitive. And now all of a sudden they've got something going. Are they going to be able to keep that, keep that up? I, you don't want to develop that game if it's not going to be a, a good year-in, year-out rivalry, a, year, a good year-in, year-out football game. LSU would, would historically be a much better matchup than Arkansas. Yeah. Did, didn't Arkansas and LSU do the Thanksgiving thing for a little bit? Am I? Yeah, maybe that's right. Am I making that up? I think maybe that's right. I'm not sure. I, I'll just say when it, when the game was, if there was an OU LSU Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving week game, when it was in Norman, it would be awesome. I mean, but I just looked it up. Norman is like nine hours from Baton Rouge. Is it I mean, that far? Man. Yeah. How many, how many OU fans are making that trip Thanksgiving week? I don't know. I mean, I, you and I would be making the trip, but probably, I think, I think there'd be a good amount depending I, on like, if it's, I do too. If OU, like if you've got two top 10 teams about to play each other on Thanksgiving day rivalry, you'll have a bunch of OU fans making that trip. I, and I don't want to crush our man, Marsh JD 10's dreams, but the Arkansas thing makes way more sense. What is it? Three hours and some change to Fayetteville. Uh, yeah, probably. That's probably about right. That would, that would be significantly more manageable for OU fans and for the other side, right? You know, we're clearly thinking about this from the OU perspective, but I don't know. It'd be a lot more fun having more fans be able to make the road trip when the years it was in Fayetteville. And then it'd be more fun for the Arkansas fans as well, because it, I mean, that's not a long trip. It would make a lot more sense. I, I don't know how big of a rivalry it would turn into. I'll say this Pittman's got things. Yeah. Rolling pretty good there in Fayetteville. So I I think OU fans would be excited about that being the Thanksgiving tradition, or at least I would be. I'd be more excited about that than LSU. I, Here's the reality of it. OU and OSU are going to continue to play. Okay, good. Because it's very convenient for everyone involved. That's going to – I know OSU was posturing pretty heavily, but – that game is going to continue to happen. It's a great game for Oklahoma. It's like everyone else in the big 12 is saying, yeah, you're going to play that game. We need ratings. Right. And, and not this only conference that, needs ratings, not only that, remember the big 12. I mean, the reason Oklahoma is leaving because that meteorites deal is ending. And if you're ESPN or Fox and you're negotiating with the Big 12, remember as, as a big group, you're going to want to know that you're getting Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Now, maybe yep. I'm thinking of that, you know, just because. And I don't know how the – because it's not – it won't be a conference game. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how exactly that how that goes, but I, I, that, they're going to continue to play that game. I mean, there's no sense 
in both schools taking one of the biggest games of the year. And, and I know OU fans hate saying that, but if you look at the last decade, it has been. That's just where Oklahoma State has been. So there's no reason to eliminate that game. And then every other year, you know, have your two in-state schools playing that big game out of state and sending money to somebody else's economy. It's stupid. I to not play that game. I get it that you're mad. OU's going to the SEC. I understand that, but don't shoot yourself in the foot and shoot your vendors in the foot and shoot your season ticket sales and stuff like that in the foot because you're upset. OU's going to the SEC. You better still hang on to that game and, and gener- generate as much revenue off of it as you can. That. Uh, those are all great points, but also, like you said, the other Big 12 teams, and who knows what happens with everything that's going on with realignment. But when I, I don't know exactly how it works from a network perspective with OU being in the SEC and Oklahoma State being in the Big 12 and how those dollars are divided from the different media rights deals. I, I'm not going to pretend I know how that all works. I know this. Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma every year is good for the Big 12's value. Yep. It's Definitely. good. I, I don't think, at, and, and maybe I'm not thinking of, and someone let me know if there are some negatives of it, especially once the college football playoff expands, which we, I think we all agree it's still going to. It is... It, and then there's this, man. I mean, realignment, there's been a lot of realignment over the last 20 years. I understand that. There's been a lot of things that change. But it would just be dumb as hell if OU and OSU don't play. Agree. I, I mean, it would just be it. Uh, can, can we just use some common sense? And I, I know there's OU fans out there, oh, they're not even our rival. They never beat us. Well, beat us last year, man. Well, here's the thing. So, if, if, if that's your view of it, look at it this way. Uh, you could say they're not our rival. But what they are is like in like the top six or is it, what is it? What are they ranked over the last decade as far as winning is? Pro- they're in a very small group of teams. Gundy has won a lot of games, man. I'm t- They're in a very, very small group of teams whenever you look at wins over the last decade. And yes, you've owned them over the last decade, but it is a good win. It is a good opponent that if you were to if you were to take another team that has had that many wins over the last decade, it's not someone you're want to go, want to be going uh, home and away with every single year. Right now, you want to go home and away with Oklahoma State. It works massively in your favor. You cannot find another game out there anywhere. That's as good as that is. That's as a quality as a, of an opponent that you have absolutely dominated. And this is this is pretty irrelevant, but people love betting on Bedlam. Every year, my timeline before that game, people are talking hammering the over. It's Bedlam. <laughs> I mean, I heard the pardon my uh, pardon my take guys put it on their Mount Rushmore of 
favorite things to favorite things about college football, betting the over in Bedlam. Yep. It's it is it's a game people love because there's been some crazy ones, man. I mean, there's been pretty some much absolute, all of them have been crazy for like the last eight years. And, and you and I were part of some very memorable, you uh, unfortunate hey, memories. Easy, but yes, but yes. But I do think that, and, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that are over here saying, hey, college football as we know it is dying. Like, I, I don't think that. I think college football is going to be just fine. But with how. You, you know, with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and OU and Texas going to the SEC and how the the map of college football seems to be getting reshaped. Please, please just play Bedlam. I mean, it just, it would make no sense for that game not to be played. Like, we, the one of my favorite parts of college football is that especially one of my favorite parts about Bedlam is that I know I'm going to get a lot of shit from a lot of people around here if OU loses because we live we live together right we're now there's more OU fans in the state than Oklahoma State fans but I know that if OU beats the hell out of Oklahoma State I've got an entire year to tell every Oklahoma State fan how bad they suck. That's that's the beauty of college football. That's the beauty of sports fandom. That's it. And if that goes away, I'm going to be pissed. Like there it makes me sad that OU went to Stillwater last year and then the coach left and all this stuff like but for Oklahoma State fans can you imagine how satisfying that sequence of events was if you were an Oklahoma State oh, fan? Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you there's that's a what, great that's what it's all about, man. That's right. what the sport is all about. There's a great chance that Oklahoma going to the SEC ends up being the greatest thing that's ever happened to the Oklahoma State football program. I hope it is. I, uh, and I know that uh, that you, may sound with weird. O, with with OU in Texas gone, I I know, and I know Baylor's on a run right now. Who knows how long they'll be able to to hold on to Aranda? Maybe forever. I don't know. But I, there's going to be a power vacuum that Oklahoma State. They've been the most consistent team that's left, and they should be able to step in and compete. And maybe they start hoisting the Big Twelve trophy every couple of years or every year, who knows, make some playoffs. Like this could be a great opportunity. And why were they mad that OU went to the SEC? They're mad because they feel like it's an opportunity for them to lose money, right? Their big payout that they've been getting in the big 12. Don't make it worse. Don't cost yourself more money by not playing the game. Here's the one thing I'll say though. It could be, a factor in the SEC if there's eight conference games or nine conference games. If OU's playing nine conference games in the SEC, that Oklahoma State non-con is going to look a little different. I I still hope they keep it, but that will at least throw another, you know, 
if there's any reason to hesitate, that could be it. I I will be pissed either way. I agree. Because I've been making fun of ACC teams for that. I've been making fun of Pac-12 teams for that. I, I just, I cannot get on board. But if, if you're playing non-conference games, so be it. Don't be scared to play another good team. Like West Virginia. That's right. They're playing 11. They've done it for the last couple of years. You think Neil Brown loves it? No. But it is what it is. And they're playing the backyard brawl again this year, right? Yeah. Against Pitt. They're playing well, 11 Power 5 teams. So I don't want to hear it, man. Just play the damn game. I, there's plenty of teams out there that play really, really tough non-conference games every single year. Um, South Carolina has to play Clemson every year, right? You've got, um, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of them out there. I don't think that like, I would, my, my hope is that we play nine SEC conference games plus the Bedlam game. And you also would love to throw Tulsa in there every once in a while. Every keep, year. Keep it in the state, baby. Every year. But that, that's my thing is, yeah, even if there's nine SEC conference games, you know, play Bedlam. I just, it's, it's one of, don't take away something that makes, with, with all the change in college football, don't take away something that makes the sport special. And that's one of those games, I think. I, I know it's not, you know, not going to be in any top five list of rivalry games or anything like that. But for me, that game's special. And I think a lot of people, if they're being honest, if they kind of, you know, take their, you know, stop trolling Oklahoma State fans, like that game means a lot to a lot of people, especially OU fans. So I, I don't know, man. But if it, if it wasn't Oklahoma State Thanksgiving weekend, did we settle on Arkansas? No. No. <sighs> For some... I can't settle on anything. OU Alabama. Yeah, Thanksgiving I'll settle weekend. on that. I think I'll we could all that. settle on that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Because they don't have no they don't they play the Iron Bowl the last last week of the year, right? Yes. So yeah, I'm sure they'll, they would love to play OU and Auburn back to back every year. Yeah. I, uh, I got a feeling that I got a feeling that's not going to fly. Yeah. Alabama will be playing Citadel on Thanksgiving. LSU. It'd be fine. It would take some adjusting. What, whatever ends up happening. I, I will say this. If the choices are playing Bedlam or OU not having like a, I don't want to say permanent, but like a consistent Thanksgiving opponent. I, I want Bedlam because then that takes away, and this is something we've talked about before, that takes away the chance of OU scheduling some FCS team there. Yep. Totally agree. I, nobody wants. Nobody wants. Nobody wants that. So if you're one of these OU fans like, no, we don't need Bedlam, just that, hey, it could be James Madison. And no one wants that. 
It could be South Dakota. Again, no one <laughs> wants that. That game sucked. So I, that's where I'm at with it. Just play Bedlam. Makes everyone's life easy. It's very convenient. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, this is the part where we are going to mark uh, for, those, uh, for those ads to be inserted. Just a reminder, helps us out if you listen to those. And here those are. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And on that note, Ted, episode 231 in the books. That was that was one of my favorite Q&As we've done. It's fun, man. They're, they're great. It's, it's great to go through all these different questions, these different scenarios. See what people want to hear about, what they want to talk about. I love it. Yeah. All right. We will have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. We will should be a big recap of everything from Big 12 Media Days. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do we always do Oklahoma? care of each other. Just one more time.